Welcome to the Effortless English Show with the world's number one English teacher, A.J. Hogue, where A.J.'s more than 40 million students worldwide finally learn English once and for all without the boring textbooks, classrooms, and grammar drills. Here's A.J. with a quick piece to help you learn to speak fluent English effortlessly. Hi, I'm A.J. Hogue, the author of Effortless English Learn to Speak English like a native. Speak English powerfully. Speak English fluently. Speak English confidently. Think in English. Speak English effortlessly. When you train, when you commit, when you commit to my VIP program, commit, don't quit. Commit to my VIP program at EffortlessEnglishClub.com EffortlessEnglishClub.com Join, commit, don't quit my VIP program today at EffortlessEnglishClub.com Live on Facebook today. For a while, I'll be doing both. Facebook and YouTube. Uh, I asked on Twitter. I asked on Gab. Do you want... YouTube live or do you want Facebook live? And I'm getting, you know, both answers, of course. We'll see. We'll see. But maybe just do both for a while. Today, Facebook. Facebook live. So quick welcome to everyone. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. Welcome everyone joining. Now, as usual, I will talk about the topic and ignore comments and questions for a while. Then I'll come back. And I will read your comments and your questions and answer some of them, as many as I can. All right. So yesterday, yesterday I talked about refuge, refuge. I was live on YouTube yesterday and I talked about refuge or sanctuary, right? Refuge, refuge from suffering, pain, right? And that means, you know, protection from. And I talked about, you know, three that we all have. God, natural law, and family. Today, let's talk about natural law. Let's talk more about natural law, that middle one. You all know what family is, right? And I think most of you know what God is. So it's the middle one, natural law. That's, you may not know that one. So let's talk about that. Natural law. Uh, this is also, I think, um, throughout the East, you know, Asia, various areas of Asia, natural law is also called Dharma. Dharma. So, uh, the originally the you know Indian, but also now used in uh, uh, throughout China and uh, Japan and all all throughout East Asia. The word is probably Dharma, or in Chinese, maybe Tao. But it's the same idea. And then in the West, with the Latin root of Liga, natu Liga Natura, I believe, in Latin, um, natural law in English, natural law. Let's talk about this, natural Law. What is natural law? First, let me just, again, say hello, everybody, saying, you know, welcome, hello, hello, hi, everybody, from Laos and Somaliland and Poland and lots and lots and lots of people saying hello. So, 
Great, let's talk about it. Natural law. What is natural law? We're going to talk about two writers today. Two writers who wrote about, who discussed this idea of natural law. Get an idea of what does it mean, natural law? Why is it important, natural law? How can natural law help us be happier? How can natural law help us have less pain, less suffering in life? Or deal with pain and suffering better in life? How can natural law help us, understanding natural law, how can that help us to live better lives and be better people? Okay, the first writer is C.S. Lewis. C.S. Lewis. C.S. Lewis. Now, you probably know, you might know, C.S. Lewis's famous fantasy book, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, also called Narnia. Narnia. The Narnia books. He wrote several books. They're fantasy books. All the books together are called the Narnia books, the Narnia series, Narnia. And you might know this because they did make some movies. They may, There have been... I think three Narnia movies. Lion, Witch, and Wardrobe is the first one. Uh, Prince Caspian is one. I don't know. There might, I'm not sure about the movies. Those I know those two only. I think they made one more movie. So anyway, uh, and they were fairly recent, like within the last 10, 15 years, I think. So the Narnia movies, and he wrote those books, C.S. Lewis. He was friends with, it's interesting... He was friends with J.R.R. Tolkien. They were friends. They were both teachers at Oxford, Oxford University in England. And Tolkien, of course, wrote Lord of the Rings, The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings, which everybody knows. Very famous. Even more famous. Uh, What you might not know is both Tolkien and C.S. Lewis were Christians. And C.S. Lewis also wrote a lot about Christianity. So he not only about he did not only write about um, fantasy books, you know, like those fantasy books, but he also wrote about Christianity. And uh, probably his most famous book about Christianity is called Mere Christianity. Mere Christianity. M E R E. Mere Christianity. What does mere mean? You might not know that word. Mere. Mere means only or just. Just Christianity. Only Christianity. And the idea is mere Christianity. The idea of the title, it's kind of the basics, the, just, just the basic parts of Christianity. Because in Christianity, like many religions, right, there are lots of disagreements. They have Orthodox Christians. You have Catholics. You have Protestants. In those groups, you can have lots of other little smaller groups, and they have different disagreements about small things and this and that. So C.S. Lewis wrote about, in Mere Christianity, he was writing about, well, what is common for all of them? What is the common thing? Now, you might say, well, A.J., why are you talking about Christianity? I mean, I'm not even Christian myself. Well, it's actually, though, this book, Mere Christianity, I think is a very, very, very good book, very useful book, even for non-Christians, even for non-Christians. And the reason is that a lot of the book focuses on natural law. C.S. Lewis writes a lot about natural law. And natural law is not, it's not specifically Christian, not at all. Um, So I feel this book, Mere Christianity, it's still useful for 
Sanatana Dharmis, it's useful for Buddhists, Taoists, Sikhs, uh, I don't know, Muslims. It's useless. It's useful. Sorry, if it's useful, it doesn't matter if you're Orthodox Christian or Protestant or Catholic or whatever. Even if you're agnostic, agnostic, meaning you're not really religious, you're not sure you even believe in God, it's still a useful book and a powerful book because of this focus on natural law. Because natural law really is kind of uh, the heart of religion and in some ways beyond religion. And so this book is, uh, you know, some, some of the book is specifically about Christianity, but much of the book is more, much bigger and more general. And I think anybody can find it quite useful how C.S. Lewis discusses and describes natural law, this idea of natural law. So what is natural law? I'll give you C.S. Lewis's, C.S., just the letter C, the letter S, and then his last name is Lewis, L-E-W-I-S. C.S. Lewis is the writer. And he says, basically, natural law are kind of the natural human laws, right? It's, 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 our, it's the, the rules of fair play of living and being fair socially. The rules of morality, right? Of what is good and what is bad, what is good and what is evil. Natural law is the rules or of decent, good behavior, human behavior, good, decent behavior. That's natural law. Natural law is the law of human nature, the law of human nature. So this is, this is a kind of psychological law, spiritual law, moral, M-O-R-A-L, moral law. So about what is good and what is bad. What is good, what is evil. What is right and what is wrong for human behavior, human action. That's what natural law is. And that is one of the main kind of definitions of natural law. This is the main idea. Now, what's interesting about this is this fits perfectly with the Effortless English Code. Because, see, the idea here is that there is a natural law, law, L-A-W, that it comes from nature, from human nature, and, of course, finally from God, that we know inside, all of us, we basically know what is good and what is bad, what is right and what is wrong. And we don't always do it, but we have something deep in ourselves where that we can kind of feel, we know it's wrong to steal. It's wrong to murder, right? Murder, kill someone for no reason or kill someone for pleasure or kill someone for, to, for power. Oh, even things like, you know, marriage, traditionally part of natural law. I mean, where do we get this idea of being married and having, you know, being a couple and having a family and, not just going around with a thousand different women or a thousand different men. That's also part of natural law. And it's really, it's part of our code, our effortless English code. You know, we have this, the three things. We do the best we can. We do the right thing. We show each other we care. Well, number two is natural law. We do the right thing. We do the right thing. What I'm saying in our code is we follow natural law. That's really what that means. We do the right thing, not the wrong thing. Now, what's interesting to me, this code, we, ha we, 
We have had this effortless English code for many, many, many years, since almost the beginning of effortless English, this code. These three things, we, right? We do the best we can, we do the right thing, we show each other we care. What's interesting is everybody understands it. Everybody knows what I'm saying. There's no confusion. We do the right thing. Somehow, all of you know what that means. You all know the meaning of the right thing. You know. We have effortless English members in every country around the world, every continent, every culture, different religions, ages, all this stuff. Huge differences. Yet, all of you basically know what this means. We do the right thing. You all understand it. Why? How? Well, C.S. Lewis and others saying, well, because of natural law. Because actually, it's a, it's a kind of law of the universe. Or you, if you're non-religious, if you're religious, you would say it's a law of God. It's a law of nature, something, human nature. That somehow, we basically know what is right. We basically know what is wrong. So all I have to say is just do the right thing. Right? We do the right thing. And every... Every all effortless English members understand. They all know. And almost everybody follows it. A few times, I maybe have to get rid of someone if they don't follow it. But almost everyone understands that phrase and follows it. It doesn't matter about the differences of countries and uh, religions or not religious. or It doesn't matter. Because you all have, somewhere inside of you, you understand what does that mean. You understand it means don't steal. You understand it means don't lie. Don't attack people for no reason. You, you just you just know that that's that those things are wrong because it's natural law. It comes from deep, deep, deep inside of us. So let me read a, a quote. I'm going to read a little section from C.S. Lewis's book. And again, Christians especially, you should read this book. Absolutely. If you're a Christian or if you're think you want to be Christian, read this book, absolutely, 100%, Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis. But again, even if you're not, and I'm not, um, I still recommend it. It's still a very good book. Okay, here we go. Here's a quote. He says, this is C.S. Lewis, from C.S. Lewis. If anyone will compare the moral teachings of the ancient, means very old. Compare the moral, right? What is good, what is wrong? If we compare the moral teachings of the ancient, the very old Egyptians, Hindus, Indians, Chinese, Greeks, and Romans, we will see how very alike they are. They're very similar, their teachings of what is right and what is wrong, what is good and what is bad or evil. They are very similar to each other, their teachings, and still very similar to our teachings now today. That's the end of the quote. So you can see what he's saying. He's saying this natural law is goes back as far as we know into human, human nature and human history. Right before Christianity, before before any of the religions we have now, before and also after and also inside them, right? He's saying that there is something within us where we all have had this natural law of 
good and evil, that we kind of know this, that there's this morality, there's a certain way to be good and there's certain ways not to be good or evil or bad. And then he says in the book, he says that sometimes, you know, we might argue about specific points. So we don't agree 100%. Maybe the Chinese and the Egyptians or the Greeks, they might have some disagreements about what is right or wrong. So for example, for example, um, marriage, marriage. You can look around the different cultures and maybe in some places they say it's okay to have more than one wife, right? It's okay to have two wives or three wives or four wives. And in other cultures, only one. But in all of these cultures, they all agree that marriage is important. They all agree that when you're married, you must be loyal, right? You must, you must protect and take care of each other. Husband must take care of wife or wives and, of course, children. That there's something very good and important about marriage. So maybe details, there's a little disagreement, some differences. You know, some it's only one wife and other places we know, maybe if more than one. But the general idea of marriage and how important that is, is a natural law. Another idea, another part of natural law, loyalty. Loyalty means, right, you, you, are, you help your group. You're good to your group, your family. Well, you will find loyalty to your family everywhere, every culture, all through history. This idea that it is good and correct to be loyal to your family. That is natural law. Now, loyalty in general is seen as good, good, good. However, there might be some disagreements or differences. Maybe um, in some cultures or countries or religions, they think you should be loyal to everybody, all humans in the world. And in other cultures, maybe they say, no, 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 only to your family. And in others, maybe to your community. So there might be some differences about how many people. But the idea, the general main idea of loyalty is natural law. Everybody agrees that it's good. Even people who break it, even people who are bad and evil, they know they're being bad. They know they're not being good. They do. They know. And so it's still natural law. You can break the law, right? There can be a law and you can break, you can choose to break it. You have free will. You can choose to break it, but it's still a law. And it's still recognized that this is good and this is wrong. And then his next quote, another quote, another section from his book. Human beings all over the world have this idea that they ought to behave in a certain way. They should behave. They should act in a certain way. And they cannot really get rid of it. In other words, they can't get rid of this idea that everybody has this idea of, I should, I should do this. I should be honest. I should be loyal. I should be kind. I should be strong. I should be courageous. We all have this idea. Now, we don't always do it. We don't always do it. We know that. 
but we all understand around the world. And it's very similar. Some differences, of course, some differences, but as C.S. Lewis is saying, many more similarities where we all agree. And not just now, but all through history. We can look back and we find the same exact thing in history everywhere in the world. That's natural law. Okay, quick drink of water. So that's C.S. Lewis. Someone asked, I saw someone asking again, the book is Mere, M-E-R-E, Mere Christianity. Mere Christianity. Really good book. By C.S. Lewis is the writer. C.S. Lewis. Uh, a quick promotion for my VIP program. Commit to my VIP program. You know, the VIP program is where you really train to speak English fluently, to speak English powerfully. And, you know, you should get on social media. Get on my Twitter. Get on my Gab, G-A-B. My account is AJ Hogue, A-J-H-O-G-E, on Twitter and on Gab. Follow me and meet the other members, and you'll meet other VIP members. And let them, ask them questions. They will tell you their success. They will tell you the results they get as VIP members. Speaking fluently, speaking more confidently, speaking more powerfully. You know, this is what happens with VIP members. But you have to commit and don't quit. Of course, you join for 10 days and quit, nothing happens. You join for two months and quit, probably nothing happens. You've got to commit, don't quit. And I've been saying this phrase again and again, commit, don't quit, commit, don't quit, in life in general. If you want a result, if you want success, anything important in your life, you must commit, don't quit. Quitting is failure. It's okay to have bad results sometimes, it's okay. It's normal. It's necessary. It's inevitable. <laughs> but don't quit. Commit. Don't quit. So anyway, talk to them on social media. Talk to you know the other VIP members and ask them questions and see the results they are getting. And then commit. Don't quit. Commit to my VIP program at EffortlessEnglishClub.com effortlessenglishclub.com go there after the show join my VIP program alright let's uh, continue with this idea of natural law but now we're going to go to the east <laughs> so C.S. Lewis was a British writer he was English English uh, and Christian obviously so western British Christian talking about writing about natural law. But the same idea we find in the East. We find the same idea in the East, and the word usually found in the East, they usually say the word Dharma. Dharma. You will see Dharma. They talk about Dharma, write about Dharma. Dharma in India, Japan, China, Southeast Asia, you know, um, Myanmar, Thailand, Vietnam, they all understand this idea, Dharma, Dharma. And Dharma is natural law. It's the same idea, same basic idea, natural law. So we have another writer. Our second writer today is his, um, he's American, but he has a, 
he's a teacher of Sanatana Dharma. Sanatana Dharma means the eternal natural way. That's the name of his book. This is my second book I'm recommending about natural law. This one from the East, Eastern philosophy. The writer's American, but the philosophy is Eastern, Indian. And the name of the book is Sanatana Dharma, The Eternal Natural Way. That's what Dharma is. That's what natural law is. The eternal means forever. Natural way. The eternal natural way. Sanatana Dharma. The name of the writer, his um, teaching name is Sri, S-R-I. It's like a title. Dharma Pravartika. Sri Dharma Pravartika. Archaya. That's really his whole his whole name. But Sri Dharma Pravartika, the name of the book, you can find it on Amazon, Sanatana Dharma, Sanatana Dharma, The Eternal Natural Way by Sri Dharma Pravartika. Now again, even though uh, this book, the, the writer is a, you know, a Sanatana Dharmi, he follows the religion of Sanatana Dharma, but again, though, this book uh, is useful for anyone, anyone who is interested in natural law. So it's, I s still recommend, if you are a Christian, if you are a Buddhist, if you are a Sikh, if you are a Muslim, if you are agnostic, it doesn't matter. This is still a very useful, powerful, good book. Sanatana Dharma, The Eternal Natural Way. Pravartika. Here, I'll type it in the comments. Sri Dharma Pravartika. Sanatana Dharma. Look in the comments if you're watching live and you should see it pop up. Okay. So, he also talks about this idea of natural law. Natural law. Now, the Eastern, the, the idea of Dharma is actually bigger than just human nature. It goes beyond. It's more than just human nature. Even in the West, some of some Western European uh, writers also, it's considered they they believe that it's more than just human nature. It's actually all nature. So here's how uh, Sri Dharma Pravartika here his definition. I'm going to read it now. He describes dharma or natural law. This is what it is. He says, it is the intelligent design, the intelligent design plan, the intelligent design and natural ordering principle, right? It's what gives us order. So it's not all chaos. That gives our world meaning and stability and has its origins. It comes from God. So what is natural law? Natural law is the reason, it's, it's what makes our world organized, right? That, that it's not just chaos, right? That we have things, right? It's, there are laws, we have gravity, we have light, we have, uh, you know, planets. <laughs> All of these things, right? That The laws of physics, that's part of natural law. That's part of dharma, the physical law, physics. We have laws of biology, right? The way our bodies work. Cells, plants and animals. Laws of life. Bio biological laws of life. That's part of Dharma also. That's also natural law. 
We have psychological laws, the way our brains work, the way we think, right? There, it's not just random. It's not random. It's not chaotic. There's an order. There's patterns. Uh, even our psychology must follow certain laws, natural laws, dharma. And then finally, there, like what C.S. Lewis, same as C.S. Lewis, there is a spiritual law, moral law. What is right? What is wrong? What is good? What is evil? Spiritual laws, moral laws. This also is dharma. This also is natural law. All of it is natural law. From the material, right? Just physical things, like physics, biology, all the way up to this moral the psychological, the moral, the spiritual. There are laws for all, natural law for all. It's not random. It's not chaos. And where do these laws come from? Where does this dharma come from, the natural law? Ultimately, finally from God. That's what he says. Then he says there's a difference, though. There's a, there is a difference between the physical dharma, the physical laws like gravity, and the moral or the spiritual laws. There's a difference. What's the difference? He says the difference between physical laws and moral spiritual is that we can choose to break the moral laws. We can choose to break the moral laws, right? You know that stealing is wrong. You know it's wrong. But you can choose to do it anyway, right? You can choose to be a bad person. You can choose to be evil. You cannot choose to ignore gravity. No choice. If you jump off of a building, if you jump off of a mountain, you're going to fall. There's no choice in it. Your choice is jump or don't jump. But gravity, you cannot go against. You cannot break the law of gravity, right? You have to work with it. <laughs> There's ways we can try to go against it, but there's no way to just totally break it. You can't ignore it. But you can break the moral laws, the spiritual laws. However, however, C.S. Lewis talks about this, and also Dharma Pravartika also says that if you break the moral law, if you break the spiritual laws, if you break psychological laws, there are consequences, right? There are consequences. Something will happen. Cause and effect. Cause and effect, right? If you do something, something happens. We have this in physics, right? If you, one of the Newton's laws, right? For every action, there is an opposite, an equal reaction, right? Well, it's kind of a similar idea. In the East, in Eastern Dharma religions, this is called the law of karma. You, probably, you might know this word karma. We, ha we, we took it and we use it in English also. Karma. This is part of natural law. It's part of the natural spiritual law. The basic idea is when you do something bad, when you break the natural law, when you go against the natural law, something bad is going to happen to you eventually. Not physically. Not, maybe not physically. But maybe psychologically. Something bad will happen to you. Or spiritually, 
something bad is going to happen to you. There will be a reaction. You do something evil, there will be a reaction where you're going to get evil back, coming back towards you in your life. It might just be internal inside of you, psychologically. You become a more evil person, therefore less happy, more miserable, more unhappy. That might be part of the law of karma. Or maybe some other, you start to attract other evil people and they do bad stuff to you, right? You do something, something happens. This is part of natural law. When you break the natural law, bad things happen. Bad things happen to other people and bad things eventually happen to you too. There are bad things happen psychologically, right? Changes who you are inside. Makes you... Uh, uh, a less good person and probably much less happy. There are a lot of evil people in the world. They have power. They have money. They're not happy. You can just, when you meet them, you know they're not happy. You can see it. They may, even they're pretending they're good actors, pretending to be happy, but there's something inside them. And if you are around them for a while, you will see there's something inside them in their, in their mind and their soul. There's something wrong. They're not happy people. And that's why they're always chasing more power, more power, more money, more power. But it's never enough. Why? Because they're miserable. They're not happy. They think, just some more, just a, just a little more power, then finally I'll be happy. But it never happens. It's endless. They're slaves. This is natural law. It's, they, by breaking natural law, they bring unhappiness back to themselves. And now that's probably, that's, that's very much, this is the law of karma. Now, in more of the, the Western traditions, um, there's more of the idea of judgment, right? The final judgment and, you know, the, the Christian, uh, Islamic, I'm not sure about Sikh, but uh, tradition would be more that it's a judgment. But the same basic idea that bad stuff happens, bad things happen when you break the natural law. When you don't follow the natural law. So there we got it from the West, and then we have it from the East. So what is virtue? We've talked about virtue before. Virtue, basically virtue means goodness, goodness, right? The qualities of goodness, right? Virtue, or we talk about with an S, virtues, more than one. Virtues, for example, courage. Courage is a virtue. To be courageous, that when you're afraid, you still do the right thing. We all admire that. That is a virtue. It's part of natural law. To be honest, we all admire honesty. We appreciate honesty. That's part of natural law, right? Generosity, giving, and helping others. We all see that as part of natural law, that it's good, virtue. And what virtue means really then, if we think about it, virtue means following natural law, living our life to follow natural law, not to break it, not to go against it. I think the Eastern way, like the Taoist, Buddhist, Sanatana Dharma way to say it would be to live in harmony with Dharma, live in harmony with the Tao. It means you go with the natural law. Now, this is true, for, again, now, remember, for, especially for the East, this idea, it it's means moral, being a good person, but it's also just very practical. It's very just practical and useful. And this is where effortless English comes from again. 
The idea is, right, how do you learn a language? How do you learn English? Well, you can follow the natural way, natural law, right? Learning like a, more like a child with lots of listening and reading and natural phrases. And you will get a much better result. You'll learn faster. You'll improve better. Or you can go against natural law. You can go against natural law. You can just try to force yourself to study grammar, to memorize vocabulary words, to memorize lists, to take lots of grammar tests, the school way. It goes against natural law. That's why it's less effective. That's why it doesn't work very well. That's why it's boring for most people. It goes against the natural way. That way of learning English is unnatural. It goes against natural law, so it's less powerful, less effective, less enjoyable. When you follow the natural way with even something simple, it's not about good or bad, it's just very something practical, useful in life, like learning English. When you follow the natural way, the natural law, it's more effective, it's faster, and you enjoy it more. So even... Something like that. Even in sports, it's the same idea. Uh, you know, it's the idea, I've, I've used the example that if you're in a boat, in a river, you can try to go against the river, right? Go up the river, against it, against it. It's, you're fighting, you're fighting, you're fighting. Can you do it? Yes, you can do it, but it's very difficult. You will be very tired. You'll be very slow trying to go up, up, up the river, fighting it, fighting it. Well, that's the idea. But if you turn around, if you go down the river, go with the river, it's easy. It's almost effortless. This is the idea. The river is natural law. The river is natural law. Can you go against natural law? Yes, you can try. You can fight against natural law. You can break natural law. You can do everything unnaturally. But it, it's difficult. You'll be tired. You'll get worse results, maybe terrible results. Or you can turn around and follow the natural law. Live your life with the natural law. Everything becomes easier. Everything becomes happier when you go with the natural law, when you follow the natural law. In all things, with marriage and family, with learning, with being a good person. All of these things. So following the natural law, it brings more peace. Peace inside of you. Peace. P-E-A-C-E. -E, peace. Feeling peaceful and calm. It brings more confidence. Brings more happiness. Brings more good karma. Eventually. And eventually, at the highest level again, you know, it can lead to enlightenment, salvation. This is what the great saints, the great prophets tell us. That's a very high level most of us can't get to. But, uh, but, it, but those basic levels of just being happier, having better relationships, uh, more peace, more confidence in life, all of us can do that. So that is why natural law is so important and so powerful. And we, and we, we got this today, again, from, a, from kind of a Western English writer, you know, European Christian C.S. Lewis, and then we got it from someone writing from an Eastern Indian Sanatana Dharma perspective, Dharma Pravartika. 
And you can, again, you can read some of the old Roman, the old Greek writers. You'll find many of these same ideas. You can read old Persian writers, Egyptian, ancient Egypt, uh, old India, China. It doesn't matter. Even like na old Native Americans. You'll find many of these ideas everywhere in all parts of history, especially those old, old writings. It's powerful, powerful. And that's why natural law is so important and so powerful and practical. It, it's, it's at the highest level, but also just practical every day, useful and powerful and important for both. All right, let's go to questions and comments. Okay, time for our live questions and comments. Today I'm on Facebook. Probably I will do YouTube sometimes, Facebook sometimes. Yesterday I did YouTube Live. Today I am doing Facebook Live. Maybe next time YouTube again. We'll go back and forth, back and forth. So we kind of get both. You can follow me on both. Follow me on Facebook. My Facebook is Effortless English. All together, one, one word together. Effortless English on Facebook. And my YouTube is my name, A.J. Hogue, A-J-H-O-G-E. A.J. Hogue on YouTube. Or just follow me on Twitter or Gab, and then every day I put a link so you can just see, where, am I on Facebook, am I on YouTube, which one? Just uh, follow me on Twitter, follow me on Gab. Uh, also my name, A-J-H-O-G-E, A.J. Hogue. All right, let's go to our live Comments and questions. Asma. So we have many of our uh, old, not meaning age, but old meaning old uh, fans, meaning they've been with us for a long time. Asma is one of them. Everything becomes easier and happier when following the natural law, more peaceful in our side, more loving to each other. Yes, that's right. That's the result of... Uh, following the natural law. Now, what's interesting about natural law is that this natural law is for individuals, each of us, right? Me and you. Individually, as one person, we can follow, understand and follow the natural law. We will become happier and better. But it's also for groups. When a group follows natural law, when they, when the, the rules of the group, the behavior of the group follows the natural law, the group will also get better results. So your family, for example, when your family follows natural law, you'll have a happier, stronger family. It's true for nations, entire countries. When a country follows the natural law, the country does well. The people are happy. When the country does not follow natural law, goes against it, bad things happen. I would say right now, most countries do not follow natural law. We're in a time period where most, there's a so much corruption, and we're seeing the really terrible results of this everywhere in the world. Okay, here's a question from Ibrahim Ali, another one of our uh, regular uh, members. Hi, AJ, I have a question. Should I finish Power English before joining VIP? Please let me know the right steps. Yeah, I, yeah, yes, the answer is yes. Finish, finish that. Do one at a time. As I think for most people, focus on one at a time. So you joined Power English. You're joining the Power English course. Great. It's a great course. 
Just finish that course. Focus on that right now. Don't don't do don't add VIP yet. Finish Power English. When you finish Power English, then you can join VIP. Then you have something, you know, then VIP is the next step. That's fine. Totally fine. Uh, Bahish says, do you remember me, AJ? I'm Bahish. I ask a lot of questions on Twitter. Of course. Of course I do. Yes, you've been following me a long time on Twitter. Good to see you here live on Facebook, too. Okay, woo, we got a long one. Okay, long, long, big question. Let me see if I can get... It's going to cover up my face on the video. From Yosef Guardiola. Same name as the soccer coach, huh? Okay, here we go. Hello, AJ. I learn English every day, one to three hours per day. I listen to all your audio podcasts. Good. My progress is huge. Great. You're a source of my motivation. Good. Learning with you gives me pleasure, really gives me pleasure. Good. But now I am also forced by my boss at work to participate in English conventional classes with boring grammar books. Oh, that sucks. And with people who are more advanced than me. Level B2 to C1. I worry it could have a destructive effect on my progress. What do you think about it? Should I treat it as an extra opportunity to improve myself or isn't a good idea for my development? Well, you know, if, if you have to do it, my opinion is if you have to do it for your boss, just do it. But, you know, don't focus on it too much. Don't put a lot of worry about it. You know, go if you have to go to the class, if you have no choice, go ahead and go and then just forget about it later. You know, focus your independent time your free time on Effortless English. I mean, you said you're getting good progress. You're improving a lot with Effortless English. So just keep doing that. It's working for you. You found what works for you, right? You're following natural law. You're following the natural way and you're getting good results. Great. The classes, yeah, it does. It sucks. It's, it's bad that you have to do that at your job because, you know, yeah, ideally you would not do that. Ideally, you would just avoid those classes. Um, but if you don't want to cause problems at your work, just uh, go to the classes. Maybe try to talk. Try to use the class as a chance to chat with people when you get a chance. Ignore the grammar stuff. I mean, I know you'll have to do it a little bit for the class, but otherwise just forget about the grammar stuff. The grammar stuff, think of the grammar stuff as, as writing. You know, the grammar stuff can be a little useful for writing. But don't when you when you're trying to speak, don't think about the grammar at all. So good luck to you. You'll be fine. Keep doing what you're doing. The classes won't hurt you. Okay, you're you're doing a good job. So just keep doing exactly what you're doing. Julio says, "I bought Power English and Learn Real English, both fantastic. Good job, Julio. Two great courses. You'll enjoy them." Okay, Tata, another great longtime fan. <clears throat> Excuse me, a little water. All right, Tata says, mostly people are afraid of choosing a natural way of learning a language. Yes, it's because of school. They prefer private grammar teachers, thinking the magic will happen. 
and they will quickly start to speak a foreign language just by visiting such lessons. I told them about effortless English. Many people, and just a couple of them followed or tried. I'm confused. Why? Oh, that's easy. Why? It's because propaganda, school propaganda. Because from, um, from, from when they were children, right? From a young age, in school, they have been learning grammar rules, textbooks, grammar rules, textbooks, grammar rules, textbooks. Putting this idea into their head. Right? That this is the way. This is the way. It's a kind of propaganda, a kind of programming. So when finally they're adults, you tell them a new way. You tell them, no, no, that's, that's unnatural. That's not good. Don't do that. They can't change their mind. They can't believe it. You know, they're, they're blue-pilled. <laughs> right? If you guys know the, the Matrix idea, right? Red pill, blue pill. Well, they're blue-pilled. That's the blue pill is the school, the school method. Tata, you're red-pilled. You found the truth. You found a more natural way. And it's hard sometimes. Like we know from the Matrix movie, it's hard sometimes. People who are blue-pilled, it's sometimes hard to change their mind. So just do your best and you're, you're, you're fine. Okay? You know, share about effortless English. But if they say no, 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 eh, just, you know, it's okay. Let them do what they want. It's their choice. Abra, this is a deep question, a big question. Why is it so difficult to forgive betrayal? Right? Betrayal is someone you trust and then they cheat you. They do something bad to you. Well, I mean, I think if this fits our topic today, right? Because betrayal breaks natural law. And it's a terrible, terrible, terrible way of breaking natural law, right? Because natural law, we should be loyal Loyal to those we love, loyal to our group, loyal to our family, loyal to our father and our mother and our children, right? Loyal, protecting them, helping them, not take a knife and put in their back, right? And cheat them and lie to them, right? We may, you know, with strangers, okay, maybe we were not so surprised if some, someone we don't know, some stranger does something bad to us. Okay, maybe, you know, we don't like it. But it's not as bad for us. But when someone we love and trust, when they do something bad to us, they steal from us, they attack us in some way, unfairly and badly, that is a terrible thing. It's, it really is breaking this natural law, right? We, everyone, everywhere in the world knows this is bad. That's why it's hard to forgive. Now, should you forgive? Well, you know, maybe. Depends on who they are. Uh, I, I think at least... Uh, spiritually, psychologically, forgiving is good because it helps you heal. Maybe you never trust them again. That's some, that's a different choice. You can forgive but not trust. In fact, that's a common thing, right? If someone cheats you badly, they lie to you, they do something very bad, you can decide to forgive them kind of spiritually, right? Because you still love them or care about them or something. But you can also decide, I don't trust them anymore. I'm not going to believe them anymore. I'm going to be more careful with them. You can do both. So that's why. That's why it's so, so hard, you know. Especially, and of course, there are different kinds of betrayal. Sometimes people betray. They're not trying to hurt us. They're not trying to hurt us. Um, and that's different. But sometimes people betray us and they are trying to hurt us. They are really attacking us. That's the worst one. 
That's the worst one. And it is hard. And uh, because it's an evil thing. It's a terrible thing they do, right? Betrayal is terrible. We all know this. So that's why. Because it is bad. It's really horrible. Ah, someone recommending one of my favorite books. I can't read your name because it's in uh, Indian writing, but it says, To know more about Sanatana Dharma, anyone interested can read the Bhagavad Gita as it is by Srila Prabhupada. I have that book right over there. (laughs) So I agree. It is an excellent book. One of the best translations of the Bhagavad Gita in English. Um, Srila Prabhupada is a, you know, a very saintly man who also gives a lot of commentary to the Bhagavad Gita. So, you know, I recommend both. If you're interested in the Bhagavad Gita, for example, any book, any of these kind of books, um, number one, you just get a, just a translation, no commentary. I think that's useful because you, you want to read it and decide yourself what you think. So you can just get a basic translation. Uh, Eknath Eswaran has some good ones of the Gita, the Dhammapada, and the Upanishads, the, the main Upanishads. Uh, but then you can also get some that, that have commentaries, commentaries by uh, you know great thinkers and philosophers or saints. And the Bhagavad Gita as it is, is the Bhagavad Gita translation a very, very good, the translation is fantastic in English, really well done, accurate, careful translation to English. So I, he, uh, this is a great recommendation. And then there's also a lot of commentary from the writer. His, it's his opinion, his ideas about the Bhagavad Gita. So, you know, both are, are fine. But I recommend doing both because maybe you don't always agree with the commentator. So it's also good to have just only the translation. This is true for Taoist books too. So, you know, just recently, Carol asked me about Taoism. What's a good book for Taoism? So I did the same thing. I gave, the first book I gave her is just Lao Tzu, the Tao Te Ching. No commentation. No, no commentators, no opinion. It's just the translation, the direct translation of the book, Tao Te Ching. That's straight, direct Taoism. <laughs> the Tao Te Ching. But then the second book I recommended is a commentary book. It's about someone... Uh, discussing the ideas of Taoism, an American Alan Watts. So it's uh, The Philosophy of Taoism, I think is the name of the book. And so that's commentary. They're both useful. I recommend you you should always do both. Get the the direct, and then, you know, it's the same thing for Christians, right? If you're a Christian, you know, you absolutely must get the Bible, just a direct translation in your language of the Bible. No comments from other people, just the Bible. You read it, and try to understand it. But then also you can read Christian commentators. Oh, there are many, you know, such as, for example, C.S. Lewis or St. Augustine. Or, and of course, there are many, many, many. And this is true, of course. This would be true for Islam. You want to read the Quran yourself. Just that. And then there are lots of commentaries. Right? Sanatana Dharma, same thing. Buddhist sutras, same thing. You know, Buddhist sutras. You should read the sutras yourself directly. Not just what other people say about them. Read them directly yourself. So anyway, thank you. That's, your, that's a great book, Bhagavad Gita as it is. An excellent recommendation. 
Okay, let me jump down to the bottom here because I you guys are typing fast. Okay, this is a very deep question, a very big um, philosophical question. This is a question people have been asking and thinking about for thousands of years. So I don't know if I can give a great answer, okay? <laughs> but I'll try. Hello from the Ukraine. Hello. Congratulations on your new um, leader, president. What about people who are good, but sometimes bad things happen to them? Uh-huh. What is this, karma or bad luck? And why sometimes bad people don't pay for their crime? What to do in this way with the natural law? And I want to say uh, to you, I've joined your VIP program. Yes, I love your stories. Thanks for your method. Thank you very much. Evgen, Evgen, let me see if I can pronounce your name. Evgenia, Evgenia, Evgenia. Evgenio, this these are big questions. I mean, this is deep philosophy, right? Big questions. Uh, let me answer the one about bad people first, because I think it's the easier one for me to answer. Um, I think bad people, evil people, do pay. I, I do. I think they pay. Now, they don't always pay in the uh, social world, right? Socially, right? They're not always, they don't go to jail. They don't get punished. They don't lose money. Sometimes these very bad people, we can see this everywhere in the world, where bad people seem to do well. They become famous, they have power, and they're rich. And we say, well, this is terrible. They're being rewarded for evil. They're being rewarded for being bad. Why are they not being punished? Good question, right? But when we have to look at these things that, you know, fame, power, money, these are things in the social world. And indeed, I think we can, we all know and can understand that it's possible to uh, get more money, more power by doing bad things, right? You can steal money. <laughs> if you're good at it, you can go steal money and you make more money by stealing. Does this mean it's good to steal? No. Why? How are these people punished? I believe, number one, they're punished right now in this world. Not just, you know, in a future world or something after death. I believe they are punished in this world because I've read about enough of them. I've met enough of them to know they are unhappy, that they are punished psychologically. You know, to, they have great propaganda. TV, movies, we watch TV, we watch movies, we think, oh, those rich people, those famous people, they're so happy. Oh my God, they have everything, the big houses, the big cars. You see them on a talk show, they look so cool and handsome. They're so happy, they're so wonderful. No, they're not. In fact, we're, we learn social media is great for this because we're starting to see their true nature on Twitter, on Facebook. And then also, we find out more about them, little by little. And we start to realize these famous people, these rich people, these handsome, sexy people, we thought, we thought they were so happy. We thought they're, they're doing bad things, but getting these good results. We thought, but we're starting to find out they're not happy. They're, some of them are crazy. They are going crazy. Crazy unhappy. Crazy depressed. I mean, why are so many of them alcoholics, drinking, drinking, drinking all the time? Why are so many drug addicts? Because they're happy? 
Do people become drug addicts because they're super happy? Do people become alcoholics because they're so happy? No. No, I think they suffer psychologically, a lot of them. I don't know about all of them, but I think many of them suffer because they are doing these bad things and they're getting rewarded, but then something inside them knows it's wrong, knows it's bad, and it just starts to eat them. Not immediately, but little by little, month by month, year by year, you can see it starts to affect them and change them and they know. I think it affects them socially too, because bad people, they don't attract good people. Good people don't want to be around uh, greedy people. Good, honest people, kind people don't want to be around terrible people. So little by little, these bad people, what happens? They get surrounded by other bad people. Their whole social world is filled with bad people. I mean, think of the super, super rich, the billionaires. They're all cheating to get more money. Who are their friends? Other billionaires. They can't trust anyone. They can't trust their friends. They can't trust anyone because they know everybody else also lies. Everybody else around them is also cheating. They get divorces. Look at their marriages. Most of them, almost none of them have a marriage for their whole life. I mean, like Hollywood, you think of the great super, some star in Hollywood, right? Remember Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie? Remember how, you know, all the propaganda, like they were the, the super couple. They're so beautiful. They're perfect. They're miserable. Now we know the truth. Miserable. They're divorced. They're miserable. Angelina Jolie is crazy. She's psycho crazy. Brad Pitt was super, super, super miserable and unhappy. That's just a couple of actors. So they live in a whole world of cheaters, a whole world of liars, a whole world of bad people. That's their life every day. So don't, you know, you have to realize sometimes people don't just look at the surface and think, oh, these bad people, look at them. They're having, there's everything so great for them. Not really. As Nasser says, sometimes they kill themselves. They're not, you know, it's an illusion. They're really good at on the surface, but under the surface, many, many, many of them are so miserably unhappy. And then, of course, you know, of course, religiously, we believe they will also suffer later, whether it's reincarnation and bad karma and bad rebirth, whether it's uh, judgment, you know, after death. Um, you know, you can believe that or it doesn't matter if you believe that or not, though, because I believe they, they suffer now in this life. I do believe they do. I would not want to be in that world. I would not. I don't give me 10, mil, 10 billion dollars. I would not want. I would not want to be in their world. Ugh. No thanks. And then the part about good people, you know, it, it is hard. You know, uh, again, the law of karma, the idea of karma is that, yeah, maybe we have past things, maybe even from, you know, far, far back that we have to deal with. Uh, sometimes it's our own negative thoughts and sometimes we just have bad luck. You know, sometimes bad people do something to us. Sometimes there is kind of a bad luck. And, uh, but we can grow from that. If we're good people, if we follow the natural law, we can learn and grow stronger, grow better, grow happier, even from pain, even from difficulty. That's the difference. When you follow the natural, the natural law helps you. Remember yesterday I said natural law is a refuge. It's a refuge. 
It's something that helps you in those tough times. It's something that helps you in the difficult times. Without the natural law, you will suffer much more if you don't follow it, if you don't understand it. So that's my answer, the best I can do. You know, a lot of people have written that t- about that topic. I recommend that you read some of those great writers, those great saints, those great philosophers, because they discuss those exact questions uh, more deeply than I can. Okay, Dalal. Unfortunately, money talks. Nobody cares about morals. That's not true. And the true virtues nowadays, uh, not nobody, but many don't. You're right. <clears throat> I saw it around me every time, bad people getting higher by their power, but the low and weak ones. Yeah, well, exactly. You can. You can cheat your way to power, but are they happier? Are they really having better lives? You know, these things go like this. Read, you know, forget religion. Just uh, Let's just talk about uh, Seneca, the Roman... Roman uh, writer who wrote about um, uh, Stoicism. The title of one of his uh, books or one of his writings is Life is Short. Life is Short. All that money, it's gone. It's gone quickly. It's nothing. All It doesn't matter how you can have 10 cars and 10 houses and billions of dollars and then it's gone. You know, they will die too. So is is does really is that is that meaningful? I mean, of course, we all need some money to function in life. We have a duty to our families and all that, of course, of course. But at a certain level, it's enough. There is a level where it's enough, and to keep going after that more, 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 it's a kind of sickness, a mental sickness that happens. It doesn't make you happier. It does not make you happier. Buddhists call this the hungry ghost, the hungry ghost. What's a hungry ghost? A hungry ghost is, is, a, is like a, a creature in hell. It's a kind of like a demon, but it's a kind of uh, suffering creature you find in hell. Hungry ghost. And a hungry ghost has a big mouth. A huge mouth. It's very hungry all the time. Ah! But then it's, its throat right here is tiny. So it, it wants to eat, 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 but it can never get enough food to its stomach. So it's always starving more and more. It always wants more and more and more and more and more. And it's miserable. So super unhappy. And of course, you understand the idea of it. What is this idea? What does the hungry ghost mean? Well, it's really, it's describing people, right? It's describing people who always want more, 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 more money, more money, more money, more food, more food, more food, more food, more, 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 it's n- and never can get enough. They can never get enough. And Dalai, I understand what you're saying. We live in a time now, the modern world, where we have too much. We, we have so much, but yet people want more. You know, we have so much food, but people eat more and more and more. I mean, look at America, all the fat people, and yet they keep eating more. So you're right. This is a kind of, it's a spiritual sickness. This idea, this, and that's what the hungry ghost means. It's describing, you know, it's a metaphor for, a symbol for this spiritual sickness of greed, endless greed, never satisfied. But it's not everybody. Be careful what you say there. It's not everybody. It's not true. I think a lot of people on this watching right now are different. Okay. Let's see. 
Oh, okay. And Ibrahim Ali is another English question. Um, when can I start with pronunciation? Now, pronunciation is good. You could do that now. You could do pronunciation with Power English. You could do the pronunciation course with VIP. I really made the pronunciation course. I made it to go with the other courses. So you can add the pronunciation course to any other course. You can add it to Learn Real English. You can add it to Power English. You can add it to VIP. Doesn't matter. So yes, if you want to add something to Power English, add the pronunciation course. That's a better one. Yeah, this is a nice positive way to think of it from Tina. There's also a test in this world we have to pass. Good people will pass the test. Indeed, right? It's a kind of a spiritual test. Here's the thing. When you break the natural law, you do bad things, you become worse as a person. You become more greedy, right? When you're greedy, do you become less greedy? When you try to, when you get more, let's say you're greedy. Right now you're greedy, right? Greedy means you want more, more, more. So then you go get more money. Does that make you feel less greedy, right? No, you feel even more greedy. The more you try to get, the greedier you become. The more you break the natural law, the worse it gets for you. It just gets worse and worse and worse and worse. It's the same thing, right? If, you, um, if you're, uh, uh, like, say, angry and you start yelling at people and doing bad things, does that make you a nicer person? Will you then become a calmer person? No, it will make you become even angrier and angrier. You'll become more and more and more angry. So it is a kind of test. You've got to break it and go the other. Of course, the other is also true. The more you choose good, the more you follow the natural law, easier it becomes and then you become a good person and then right it gets up 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 it's not always easy it's not easy if it was easy we would all do it simply right we do have this choice and sometimes it's a hard choice and nasser says again we're all attracted to good things naturally for instance we want to be honest and loyal and courageous but always, almost, people end up being a liar or dishonest or something, right? Well, this is the center question, problem that of, of philosophy and religion, right? This exact problem. We know what's right and we don't do it. We have a choice and often we choose the wrong thing. Usually it's because of why? Because of, of emotions, because of this desire for something, power, money. We think... We, we, it's, we, we are ignorant, we're deluded, right? We have a wrong idea. We think in the short term, well, if I, if I steal, I'll get more money. Well, maybe, right? It's, it's bad thinking, right? Because, and the truth is you will. If you steal money, if you go to a store and you steal, do you get more easily, immediately? Of course you do. But that's short term. What's the problem? The problem is eventually, when you, if you continue to steal and steal, probably you will get caught. At someday, you're going to not be lucky. Someone's going to see you. They're going to catch you. And then what? Then the suffering starts, right? Then maybe you go to jail. Then maybe you lose your job. Then all many bad things can happen. And this, see, this is the problem with breaking the natural law and doing bad things. See, sometimes the punishment comes much later. And why is that a problem? Why is it dangerous? Because what happens is, in the beginning, it can be good, right? Someone steals the first time, and they get more money, and it was easy. 
it feels like a reward. I did something bad and I got something good. Oh, so what do they do? What next? They try to steal even more. They try to do even more, even bigger, right? They break the natural law even more. They have even worse behavior. And maybe they get another even bigger reward short term. This is exactly how people become drug addicts. This is exactly how people become drug addicts. Nobody starts saying, nobody starts thinking, I will become a drug addict. I will become homeless and sick and maybe die from drugs. Nobody wants that. That's not how you become a drug addict. In the beginning, it feels great. The first time they try heroin, right? Heroin is the one they inject. They, it's a reward in the short term. It feels fantastic. I've never done it, but everybody says, okay? Everyone who has done heroin, it doesn't feel bad. Nobody's addicted to something that feels terrible. It's the opposite. It feels amazing. Pleasure. It feels so good. They do heroin the first time. It feels amazing. This short-term reward of feeling so good. So then what happens? They make this... They have a, the wrong idea, a wrong understanding. They don't understand natural law. So they think, well, this felt good. So if I do more next time, I'll feel even better. So next time they do it again. Ah, again. And then again, and then again, and then again. But this is this really the how natural law works? No. What happens? We all know what happens. It does not get better forever. Because eventually what happens is they do the same amount of heroin, but they feel less pleasure. It feels less good. So now, but they're now they're caught, right? They're, they're in a trap. They made this trap themselves. They walked in. Now they are stuck because now they're addicted. What does this addicted mean? It means now they need even more heroin to get the same feeling, to get the same level of pleasure they need to take more and then take more and then take more and it keeps going worse and worse and worse and worse they need more and more and more and more just to get the same or even less pleasure the pleasure goes down 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 the amount they need goes up 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 eventually all they can think about they can only think about heroin they can only think about drugs, jobs, they don't care, friends, they don't care, family, they don't care. Their whole life becomes focused on this thing, hungry ghost, right? This is the hungry ghost, heroin, heroin, heroin. This is when they start doing crimes, right? They lose their jobs because they can't work, they can't focus, they can't do anything. Everything is focused on drugs. So they start to steal and then they get in trouble and have maybe go to jail, bad things happen. And eventually what happens? They can't pay rent. They don't have money. They become homeless. Okay, I've seen this in San Francisco. I, I lived in San Francisco for six years. So many people. This is the same story again and again. They're everywhere in San Francisco. If you visit San Francisco, you will see these people everywhere. They didn't start homeless, right? It didn't start bad. It seemed like it started good. Try heroin feels great. But eventually, where does it go in the end? 
finally. You have to look long term. Where does it finally go when you break that natural law? Not right now, immediately. Immediately, it seems good. Immediately, oh, more money. Immediately, more pleasure. Immediately feels great. But what about in the end? In the end, it's a disaster. In the end, it's pain. In the end, it's suffering. And for the drug addict, it's really, drugs, it's very clear. You know, they're on the sidewalk in San Francisco. They're dirty. They're disgusting. They are not happy. They are miserable. Their whole life is destroyed. And, you know, that's a good way to think of it because drugs are not the only addiction, right? Power can do this to people. Not homelessness, but it can also make them very, very miserable and unhappy. So, you know, I, breaking that natural law, and especially those big ones, the big important ones, it leads to very bad things long term. You've got to think farther ahead. And that's the problem, I think. We, th- we kind of look at the immediate right now and we think, oh, everything's fine. And we don't see the long term. Okay, almost done here. Okay, big question from Sami John. All right, what's up, AJ? I'm a student, too, and I'm 19. I go to college three days a week, Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday. College starting 9 in the morning until 5. College is one hour from our home. So that's, gotcha. Other days I work from 6 to 7. That's 13 hours. Hmm. So you're working hard. I go to college just to pass my math and English and find a better job. Any tips? Shall I go to college or quit? Do you think grades will help you find a better job? After all these colleges and work, I go to the gym late night. Man, you are motivated. I love working out and that makes my days off. Well, good. First of all, congratulations. That's a lot of great discipline right there. You're going to be fine. You're going to be fine. Why? How do I know you'll be fine? Because you have this kind of self-discipline. This kind of self-discipline any choice you make, you will eventually be fine because self-discipline is the most important thing. It's more important than these specific questions. You have that quality, you're going to school, you're working, and then you're still going and working out at the gym. You're going to be okay, all right? Whatever you decide to do, just use that same self-discipline, you'll be okay. Now, should you quit school or not? I can't answer that question, unfortunately, because I don't know your situation. You have to decide that. You know, um, I don't know what you're studying exactly. I don't know what your job you want to get. You know, some jobs, for some jobs, um, for some careers, yes, you should keep going. You should do, you need a, you'll need a college degree, right? You need a specific degree. Like if you want to be an engineer, well, you need to get your engineering degree. If you want to be a doctor, you need to get that MD, right? It's, It's necessary. So in those situations, yes, continue school, definitely. Um, on the other hand, you know, some in some situations, school is the wrong answer. So, for example, if you want to be an entrepreneur, you, know, you want to start your own business, some kind of entrepreneur, then no, you don't need to study. You don't need to go to business school at university. In fact, you shouldn't because that's just a distraction. And it's wasted time. Um, so really, you know, you have to just think about it yourself. You know, the main thing about college, I would say, or college degrees, is it's just a, it's like a math decision. You just have to decide how much does it cost, time and money, and what's the benefit when I, if I finish? What does the degree give me? 
Will the degree give me, you know, better jobs, higher pay, much higher pay? Is it worth, is it a good investment? It's just an investment decision. Think of it without emotion. Just look at it as an investment decision. What's the cost for time and money? And then what benefit will you get with the degree? And then you just decide, well, is this a good investment or a bad investment? And then you make that decision yourself. Your next question, do you think grades will help find a better job? No. Now, I, now I'm talking about the American job market. So, you know, I don't know about other countries. I can't say. But in the United States, they don't care about grades, okay? Just the degree is what's important. You know, that's all. They don't care what your GPA is, usually. They care about your degree. They care about your job experience. They care about your actual skills, your ability. Those are the things that the jobs, the, the employers, the companies care about, those three. They don't care if you got a B or a C in some class. It doesn't matter. Nobody ever asked me about grades. I did a lot of job interviews in my life. Never was asked about my grades. They asked, you know, they wanted to see a specific degree sometimes, but they asked about my job experience. They asked about my skills. What did, what could I actually do? So good luck to you, man. You're, you're highly motivated and self-disciplined. You're going to be fine. I think it's about time. And goes Said says, uh, can the natural give us a great life? Absolutely it can. That is the purpose of it. One of the purposes, one of the benefits of following natural law, a great life. You must understand, this is an old, old, old idea from many, 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 many cultures. <coughs> You'll find this idea again in ancient Egypt, in ancient Greece, in ancient Rome, in ancient India, in ancient Japan, in ancient China, in ancient Persia etc. That following the natural law is exactly what gives us a great life. It's what makes life meaningful. It's our purpose. It's how we create a great life. Following the natural law. So that is exactly it. Yes, it's not a new idea. This is not a new idea. The new idea is this kind of Marxist materialism that we have now, this corporate Marxist materialism, globalism, what, whatever you want to call it, where just buying lots of stuff, right? Everything's random. Nothing, there's no meaning in life. Just make money and buy things. That's the purpose of life. Power and money and things. That's the new idea. Okay, that's, this, that's the idea that, oh, that's what life is about. No, 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 no. Natural law is a very, 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 very old, 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 old idea. You find it in the Vedas. I mean, we're talking thousands and thousands of years. Again, you know, all of these ancient cultures and right up until now. Okay, so it's not specific to one country or nation. It's not specific to one religion, not specific to one philosophy, not specific to one culture. This is ancient and old. I trust the ancient old ideas. I don't trust the modern new ideas. The modern new ideas propaganda I tr natural law is old and tested okay I'm going to read our last comment a really big long one from Vladislav another one of our long time 
fans. And then I'm going to go. Okay, let's see. Big one. Vladislav, good to see you again. Uh, let's see. I re- okay, here's Vladislav's comment. I remember in 2002, uh, me with my dad on our way home from Egypt through Moscow. In Moscow, we went to the State Department store. There was a quiz. I mean, leading the quiz, asked questions about the store. Oh, right, like a survey. And gave prizes for correct answers. He seemed very nice, the man doing the the quiz. He seemed very nice and kind and smiling. I liked to take part in quizzes, ask questions, and get prizes for them. By that time, I didn't know about the store. I was a bit upset. After this, the man came into his room after finishing the quiz. My dad offered to go to him and explain that you're good at math and physics and won a prize. Next time, you'll study about the store. I listened to my dad and came into his room. And that man looked at me with mean eyes. He seemed angry and told me, go away, boy. During the quiz, he was smiling just because it was his job. But really, he was unhappy and miserable deep inside. Great example. What a good story. And that is a perfect example, right? That lots of people, lots of people, they're good actors. And I like to use Hollywood as an example because they are professional actors. What is A professional actor is basically a professional liar, right? They're professional pretenders. They're good at it. They're really, really, really good at it. You watch these talk shows and you think they're so charming. They're so happy. Their lives are perfect. Wow, the teeth are perfect. Their face is perfect. Their hair is perfect. Their clothes are perfect. And they talk about their families and their lives and their friends. Oh, 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 it all so perfect. Like this man, Vladislav's talking about, right? But it's an act. They're good at pretending. And then the lights are off, the camera's off, and the truth at home. They're not happy. They're miserable. And it comes out later. How do we know? Because we know in the news what happens. They get divorced. Their kids are all messed up. Some of them kill themselves. Robin Williams, I use his example. Robin Williams is a great example, though, because he was such a good actor. Everybody thought Robin Williams was Mr. Happy. Mr. Crazy Funny, every talk show. He's like, hey, ho, ha, hey, ha, hey, ah, ooh, yeah, right? This is him, super energetic, super enthusiastic, crazy guy, happy. So you watch this, you watch his movies, you watch his talk show, his interviews. Everybody thinks this guy is like Mr. Super Wonderful, happy, everything's great. But his life was terrible. He was miserably unhappy. His family life, a disaster. His personal life, a disaster. Inside, so, so, so unhappy. But he was great at pretending. So you see, this this is why it's dangerous to look at people on TV or famous people or you read about, oh, they're so rich and wonderful, everything's great. You don't know. You don't know. You have no idea. I have no idea. We have no idea what they are really like. They're pretending for the cameras. We don't really know. 
Although sometimes we find out, right? Sometimes we do find out later when their marriage falls apart, when their whole life becomes destroyed on social media, they start going crazy and we start to see the mask comes off and we start to see what's really inside and it's ugly and unhappy and terrible. And it's not just actors, right? It's not just actors. It's not just famous people. Just normal people in life do this also. You know, I see this in, you know, like if I visit the United States, I know, you know, everybody's pretending to be happy. Americans especially love to pretend to be, yeah, yeah, like this all the time. It's part of our culture. It's okay. It's okay. But don't believe it all the time, you know, because you find out later, uh, you know, I'll I'll give you a, a common example, very common that you um, you meet some couple, right? Man and woman, they're married, husband and wife. And oh my God, they seem, they're so happy. Oh, they have the perfect relationship. Their relationship's so much better. Like me and my wife or me and my you know husband, oh, we're, we're arguing sometimes, but oh, they have the perfect marriage. Look at them. Every time we see them, oh, they're hugging each other and smiling. There's, it's perfect. And then one year later, they get divorced. <laughs> right? It happens all the time. And people say, what? Oh, they're so shocked. Everybody's shocked. They they seem like the perfect couple. Of course, they were performing. They were performing, putting on a mask for the world, pretending, ah, look at us. We're so perfect and our kids are perfect and everything's perfect. And then in the truth at home, very different. Very different. So don't trust the surface, you know, don't trust the appearance all the time. You've got to go deeper. And don't worry, you know, so, and this is a good reason, by the way, this is my final thought. (laughs) This is a good reason why don't be jealous. Don't be jealous. Don't envy others because you don't know the truth. You only see the surface usually. Don't envy rich people. You see rich people. Don't envy them. It doesn't matter. Someone you know in your neighborhood or somebody in the news. Don't envy them. You don't know. You think, you imagine, it's a fantasy. You think, they're so rich, they have everything. They must be so happy. You think it, it looks like that, but you really don't know the truth. And often, very often, the truth is quite different. They're not so happy. And it's the same thing if you see a, a, a guy, a man, like you, maybe you're a boy, you're a young man, and you see another young man and he's dating a beautiful girl and you get jealous. Don't be jealous. It's foolish. You don't know. You don't know. She might look beautiful, but he might be very unhappy. Maybe she cheats, right? Maybe she cheats on him all the time. Maybe she treats him badly. Maybe she's not a good person. Just because she looks nice, just because they're smiling in public, you don't know. You never really know. Maybe for people very close to you, like your own family, your very closest friends, maybe you know the truth. But other people, you really never know. So don't be jealous. Don't be jealous. Follow the natural law. Build that happiness inside yourself. Be happy with that. Appreciate your family. Appreciate, you know, what's good in your life. Don't compare it to others because you're not comparing the truth. You're comparing their fantasy. You're, you're comparing their public performance to your reality. It's not, it's not real. 
All right, that's all. Lots of love to you. Great talking to you as usual. Follow the natural law. I'll be back with another show soon. As always, join my VIP program. Commit, don't quit. Commit, don't quit. Commit, don't quit. At EffortlessEnglishClub.com. Join, commit to my VIP program at EffortlessEnglishClub.com.